attention, please. Stop walking while I'm squawking. All aboard. Hi, everybody. Hello. Oh, my gosh, Dana. We're back. We're back. We, We're back. We, we took a little, we took a, a, a little siesta. Um, I, I guess siesta, hiatus, siesta. Our two-week, our two-week summer hiatus from our summer uh, vacation. We took our summer vacation. <laughs> exactly. The show went on hiatus. We put all of our staff off on leave. Um, by okay. all of our staff, I mean your amazing husband who edits these or and cuts them together and does things with sounds that I don't understand. But that said, we have the husbands with us today. Yay! We have the husbands. Yes, we have. One un can we call him our unpaid intern for this show? Unpaid intern, intern. Can intern I get Ryan. you guys some coffee? <laughs> <laughs> intern, intern Ryan and supportive husband Kurt. Say hi. Hi. Guys, we're here and we brought the husbands in with us for this big grand review of our Disneyland trip. We went a couple of weeks ago, um, all four of us. We took the kids and we had a couple other friends join us as well. And we wanted to hop on here and give you our full unabridged review of Disneyland at the end of June. Dana, you're acting like the eight people who listened to us had no idea that we were going to Disneyland or planning a trip, even though that's the only thing we've been talking about for the last, I don't know, 11 episodes. So what? <laughs> I don't think they had any idea we were going. Um, but look, it was a great trip. We had a lot of fun with our families. Um, and so we thought it'd be fun to bring Kurt and Ryan on since we've talked so much about them uh, throughout. Um, the kids are a little too small to bring on. If we brought Noah on, it would just sound like a pterodactyl the entire time. So maybe in a few years, Noah can make his appearance on the podcast. But next best thing behind the kids, the husbands. Um, so we, yeah, we thought we would uh, really, you know, this week do something a little different after taking a little pause to uh, see some friends and family over the last couple of weeks and over the 4th of July holiday to really just, yeah, like you said, talk through, talk through the trip. I mean, there were highs, there were lows. We kind of alluded to some of it uh, last week during our little, or two weeks ago, I guess, during our little mini episode. Um, but so much to talk about, but it was so much fun just being finally back in the parks. I know, Dana, you and I have already like gushed about this last, the last episode about what it was like being back in the park. So I don't know. I want to hear from you guys. Like Kurt, Ryan, was it like, did you cry, babe? Did you cry when you walked into walk down Main Street? I didn't cry, no. And actually, I wasn't sure whether I would or not, but I definitely had a lot of the Main Street feels. There was a moment like we were all walking down. We saw the castle. The Main Street music was playing. And I had, yeah, I think I had the had all the Main Street feels and just like so good to be back in there at last. Just noticed was it was the first time well, first of all, being around just that many people in such a long time, but also, as as you have talked about on the show already, the mask mandate had been lifted just before we went. So it, not only are we suddenly around more people than we've seen in over a year, but now we don't have to be masked around them. And, you know, thankfully we're all vaccinated. And so I, I didn't feel any, you know, like trepidation or nervousness about it. But it was it was kind of like it was a weird mix of this is so normal because we've been here a million times and we've done this so much, but kind of weird because 
you know, the way we've all been conditioned to live over the last year plus. So. It was 15 months. We hadn't been back in 15 months. I was kind of shocked at how quickly I forgot about the mask. Like, I thought I was going to be pulling it out constantly and kind of like up and down, up and down. I don't think I put it on once in the 48 hours we were at Disney. Yeah, I think the only time we wore a mask was uh, on the airplane, like to and from uh, in the airport and on the airplane. So we get there. Um, we got down there on a Friday night. We took Noah on flight number. I don't even know which one. That was like seven or something. Our little buddy has been like all he's basically working towards his million miler status with Delta at this point. Um, he's going to have that by two. He's only like, what, five months, guys? And he's five already months, on seven flights, seven, eight, nine. I don't know how many. How many? Is it 10 now? I think it is about 10 now. He's a very well-traveled five-month-old. <laughs> So, um, yeah, we got down there. Uh, Dan and Ryan were amazing and came and picked our whole crew up with all of our things because, you know, traveling with baby. Like, you should just see Kurt and I and mainly Kurt um, running around the apartment. Totally Kurt, in fact. It's it's basically. Entirely Kurt. Yeah, it's all it's all Kurt. I'm (laughs) I just stand in the background and look pretty. Or think I look pretty. I don't know. Um, so Kurt is running around the apartment getting everything together because, like, baby takes a lot. Uh, I, I did pack the Disney outfits. That was my, like, I went True. through and found the Disney outfits. So that was the. Of course you did. Of course you did. <laughs> so yeah, there's a lot of necessary accessories that come with these kids. Oh, my God. Also, Adam, this makes so much more sense because every time you change Noah during this trip, which is a lot because he's a baby, uh, you always were like, look at his onesie now. Look at this Mickey onesie. Look at that Mickey onesie. I was like, yeah, no, cute. That's cute. But I didn't realize that you had picked out all of the outfits. So you really wanted to show him off. Yeah. Yeah, those were those were those were packed by uh, me, and that was about the only packing because Kurt is is the packer of the uh, marriage here. And you know, there's like a way to pack as a person going to a Disney park, right? You got to have your battery pack. You got to have your you know mini deodorant for those sweaty days. You got to have your fanny pack or backpack of choice, whatever it is. Lounge fly probably for you, Dana. I've heard, uh-huh. but um, <laughs> you got to have your stuff as a person going to a Disney park. But then when you have a kid going to a Disney park, whole new uh, packing situation. But you you have to understand about Kurt. Like he will he will plan out which bags we are bringing, how he is packing. It's it's kind of amazing. Like, And this is what people really want to hear about is how like we pack bags for a Disney trip. They don't care about food reviews, what rides we rent on. They just want to hear about what we packed, <laughs> like extra there. diapers and wet wipes. <laughs> it's so true, though. I feel like there's always one person in any couple that's raising children that like they're they are the bag packer. And that's that's Dana for us. And if I try to do it, uh, she's like, no, that does not go there. Or if I try to look for something, she's like, why would you look there? There's no way it's going to be in that compartment. It's never in that compartment. It's <laughs> See, always in yeah, the other Brian, compartment. I feel you. No, I mean, <laughs> and to that point, there are people who care because I'm sure there is a whole YouTube like world of YouTubers who sit there and just pack things and let people watch them pack because the world is a weird place. And I think your success in the park depends on what you pack. What was the best thing that you packed that you didn't know you were going to need? Well, the thing that you packed yeah, for I think us, I was which say was the, same. I the think stroller it's... fan that we didn't have for our five-month-old um, that you very kindly provided and really helped yeah. just yeah. to keep airflow going for him. The stroller fan was key. I think, um, you know, we 
we kind of have a habit of forgetting something every time we pack. So, so before we get into the Disney thing, this is so we're, we're our dog sitter had come over. She showed up and, you know, we left. We get on the freeway to drive out to SFO. And if you know the Bay Area, once you get on that Bay Bridge, you've reached the point of no return when you live in the East Bay, right? It's going to take you three hours to turn around and come back. So we get about halfway over the Bay Bridge and go, oh, my God, we left our son's formula. We packed everything but the formula. And because we both thought like one of us had packed the formula like nobody had actually double checked to pack the formula so we like he's good with just dole whip right yeah it's fine i (laughs) I don't see the problem with that i'm sure it's full of all the nutrients any human being needs um so yeah we had we had a bit of the panic over the formula but luckily we stopped at target on the way and picked it up but there's always something you forget you know what we didn't share this with you guys but we forgot something that it's embarrassing we have a four-year-old we're pretty seasoned with packing for a kid but we forgot the essential thing for a Disney trip with a kid under five, and that was our stroller. We forgot our stroller. Yep. And we actually drove separately. And as I'm like pulling into the hotel, I get a text from Dana. You did grab the stroller, right? <laughs> nope. Nope. Definitely didn't. So whose stroller but was that? It was ours. Um, our friend Kim. So we had two friends, Kim and Sierra, who joined us, and they were coming down a couple hours later. And so Kim ran to our house before she got on the road and picked it up for us. Oh well, that's a friend. We asked our dog sitter if she could like hop in the car and drive to meet us at SFO, and that was a hard pass. <laughs> <laughs> you need to get yourself a Kim. Yeah, we do. We need a Kim. We need a Kim and Sierra. I know. Well, let's take a quick moment and say like how awesome those two ladies are. We had the best time with them. They came on our first day. Uh, Kim and Sierra are good. Well, yeah, they're two of our four listeners on this podcast, and they are incredible women who we love so much. And they were like just total homies. I, we do Disneyland all the time with Sierra and Kim, so we have a pretty good routine down with them. But I felt like with you guys there, we all just gelled so nicely and they were great i know there was a moment where sierra watched noah while we all rode a ride and it was yeah first great. time we've ever actually left him with anyone and it yeah. was with sierra for like you know the totally valid reason that we wanted to go and ride a ride at disneyland <laughs> without him <laughs> and uh, yeah she was awesome and and uh i think i said to you that day like just of all the people you would want to do a disney park with they are the people that you want to do it with you know there's no set agenda they're not like gonna be high maintenance and like well i have to do x y and z they're just like go with the flow great to chat to while you're standing in line you know happy to share food and drinks or like stand around and and, and watch your five-month-old while you abandon them like perfect. there's there's no go with the flow <laughs> though guys this is like hardcore planning that must happen before the trip, during the trip, uh, I guess not after, but before and during the amount of planning that had to go into this thing to make it feel carefree and no plan. There were plans. There were plans and there was a schedule. I will say I was very impressed as the uh, weekend unfolded that you kind of were like the puppet master, like behind the (laughs) scenes, like orchestrating all like the big events that that happened, you know, throughout our time there. I I was very impressed. And they all kind of went off without a hitch. Well, and also, you know, everybody knows this on the podcast because Adam, every time we get on a new podcast, he'd be like, oh, I got us another reservation. I woke up at three in the morning and got us another dining reservation. So 
this is Adam, folks. This yeah. is how he how he. That was Adam to the point that even when we fulfilled all the reservations we already had, he still was trying to get another one. Like we had eaten ourselves kind of crazy, and he still no. I was, was like, oh, I can order. guys. There's a window from him. Should we go back and get another giant pretzel? And it was like, no, we can't move because we're so full. But because a reservation had opened up, he felt compelled to get it, and we had to like better get on it. Look, if you don't take advantage of the situation, you will fail. And we we took advantage and we had. So let's just dive into it. Let's dive into the trip. I think it starts with, um, you know. Well, it starts with your planning and your anxiety. Adam, it starts with 7 a.m. That's what good trips do. It starts with It wasn't 7 a.m. I'm going to be completely honest. I barely slept. On Friday night, when we got to the hotel, the hotel was great, but I barely slept because I there was so I felt this so much pressure to secure Rise of the Resistance boarding groups for us that like if I did not get us a boarding group, I have failed everybody. The trip is ruined, and we might as well just go to Knott's Berry Farm and forget Disneyland at that point. Like there, there was no <laughs> point if I did not get Rise of the Resistance. So so yeah, I mean we get up and I'm like. Noah's fussing around and we're getting him fed and it was like the world had to stop at 6.55 in the morning to have like Kurt's phone was on the world clock and I was on the app like pulling down and refreshing on the page and it like and I would practice at like 6.58.59 on the world clock I'd pull down and I'd say update at 6.59 so I was like okay we're on we got this we got this and then Hey, it works. 659.59. I pulled down on that screen and boom, we got our boarding pass. And literally our son could have spontaneously started walking or talking <laughs> in those few minutes. And Adam wouldn't have looked up from his phone or like um, been distracted. So, But we got to ride Rise of the Resistance. Twice. We did. Yes. And we'd all done it before, but we I think it was like a brand new ride again for no, me. I saw I so Kim many new it. things. You're right, Kim hadn't done it. So it was brand new for her. And it'd been 15 months since we all did it. So it was basically brand new for us. Yeah, and that was that was that was a lot of fun. So we so we get into the park. Like, yeah, should we just let's back up. So we get into the parks. Um, you know, we we talked about before that we stayed, we were gonna stay at the Hyatt House on um on oh my gosh, why am I blinking on the Harbor? street? On Harbor. Harbor. Thank you. Um, which is like literally a seven minute walk from the gates to Disneyland. And it worked out great that Starbucks was a nightmare uh, at oh, the bottom God. of the hotel. Yeah. Quick plug. Hyatt House was awesome. We all loved it. Great pool area. Ray loved the pool. Um, don't hit up that Starbucks down there because it was just a madhouse. And it took us like an extra 15, 20 minutes just to get our drinks. And we could have been in the parks sooner. Yeah. Avoid coffee there if you can, guys. I know, but sometimes it's just needed. Like, we actually, we got there a little earlier than you guys did, and it was fine. We, like, walked in, ordered at the counter, and got our coffees. And then literally within three minutes, it turned into hell on earth inside that Starbucks. It reminded me of, like, the Starbucks as you go to in, at, like, Vegas casinos where the line is out the door because there's no other coffee option. I have to say, I didn't go in the Starbucks. I just stood outside and I kind of enjoyed just watching the chaos unfold. <laughs> it, was, it, it was just a fun way to wake up for me. So, all right. So we walk we walk down to the parks. Um, we get in there. Um, and, of course, we immediately have to take our family photo at the Friendship Statue. 
Well, even right before that, we saw Mickey and Minnie and Pluto yeah. out, and I got an adorable video of Ray holding up her Mickey doll to the Mickey Mouse, and it was really special. I didn't cry because I was taking video and like so excited, but um, I think everybody else was crying behind me when that was all happening because it was a truly magical moment. Did you guys see? Just just reminded me of this because they were all up on the railway. Did you see the video that came out today that Minnie <laughs> Disney World, they were up there no. dancing and performing on the thing and Minnie's bloomers fell down. She had to run off the stage. <laughs> oh, no. Did she one eye so that everyone know that her bloomers had fallen down? Oh, yeah. That was the Dana trick. Mm-hmm. Remember yeah. about that. That's, we'll do a whole character episode at some point to give you guys all the inside scoop. But that's the thing. If When we trained as characters, um, if you're inside the costume and there's something going wrong, you cover up the eye of your character so that your attendant knows to take you off stage. The more you know. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try that at work sometime. <laughs> Do you think it would work? Be like on a Zoom call. What are you doing? You're just like on a Zoom call and you want out. <laughs> just cover an eye. <laughs> um. So yeah. So we we got in. We went and took the. We went directly to the friendship statue for that photo which we got there at perfect timing there was like no line usually that line to take a photo right there yeah so yeah we got there and i gotta say you two were pros with ray when she was like no and you're like all right just leave her we we <laughs> abandoned our child for 30 seconds yeah I, th- I think aside. that's the thing to know about our our kid is and and this is probably true of a lot of kids growing up right now you take so many pictures of them. And at a certain point she decided, I don't want to be in all of your pictures. And that was definitely a moment as we're lining up to pose in front of this iconic statue. She put her foot down. She's like, I don't want to be in this. And yeah. Yeah. As in that moment, as a parent, you have to make that decision. Okay. Am I going to force you to be in this or you know what? Maybe we uh, take one for the team. You hang out there and we'll all take a picture. And that's what one of did. potentially many battles that you have to pick when you're going to be at Disneyland for a day with a four year old. You're like, which which one am I going to really dig into? And that's probably a good one to let go. Yep, it's not worth it. Otherwise, she's going to be crying in the photo and I don't really want that. So. Oh, that could be funny, too, actually. <laughs> oh, yeah. The crying child in front of the friendship statue. I think it's I, I feel like that would be one of thousands of those photos that are in existence. Oh, so without like, a doubt. Yeah. Um, so then we, we beelined it for Galaxy's Edge. Like there was, you know, go past, go collect 200 bucks and head straight to Galaxy's Edge. And, um, this is where my mobile ordering craziness started because we had to order breakfast, uh, some Ronto wraps thoughts. I mean, I love the Ronto wrap that sauce they put on it. So good. It was so good. This was the breakfast Ronto wrap. I've never had the lunch one, so I don't really know the difference. But this one is like a sausage in a pita situation with some egg and a sauce over it. Oh, it was so good. It was sort of like a garlicky kind of citrusy sauce. And yeah, big fan. Yeah, it all worked. And Kurt Uh, had the vegetarian version. Oh, Which yeah, was how just was the it? same without sausage. It was, it was literally, it was just eggs. <laughs> As most vegetarian <laughs> options sometimes are, it's just the same thing without the meat. But um, I thought it was great. I really loved it. I really, I love Galaxy's Edge at Disneyland more than I love Galaxy's Edge at Walt Disney World. Why is that? 
Well, we talked a little bit about it when we were there, which was just the entryways, number one, like the way that you enter the land in Disneyland is uh, just so much more sort of transitional and immersive than I think, you know, going from Toy Story Land, maybe, um, or just walking through an archway at Walt Disney World. Um, I also think there's something weird that it feels a little bit more compact. Those mm. like those entry, those walkways in not quite as wide. Um, and I know the coloring is very slightly different between the two parks. And I think that the there are slightly warmer, richer, deeper colors in Disneyland because of the California sun. Um, and I don't know. I just sort of feel like that all comes together. Or maybe it's because of the memory of the fact that that was the first one we went to. And we crazily, you know, flew across country to get there for, for 24 hours to go the when it first opened. And um, it still sort of holds a special place for that. But I definitely... Um, had a had a great morning. I thought it was a great way to start our weekend was to start at Galaxy's Edge and really just live there for a couple of hours and do what we wanted to. Yeah, it really was. It's just so immersive. So you get in there and you kind of forget you're in any other part of Disneyland because it is new and it's so heavy on the Star Wars that it just is like, wow, I'm in this literal galaxy somewhere else. It does not feel the same. So it was awesome. And also... Sierra found a pro she giving Sierra's pro tip out here for the Ronto wrap. She had a, a random packet of Tapatio in her several purse. of them. She had that, she no, this woman's Sierra. purse. I'm sorry. Sierra's purse was like the Harry Potter, like Hermione purse where things just keep coming out of it. Like literally she had everything you would ever need on the face of the planet. Like if I'm going to be stuck somewhere, like end of the world, zombie apocalypse, like I want to be with Sierra because she will save our lives with things inside her purse. And she did for this scenario because she had a bunch of tapatio and she brought it out and we all put tapatio hot sauce on our on our ronto wraps and it was delicious. Yeah, you would think a Southern California theme park would have hot sauce with the breakfast like that should be a staple in Southern California. I feel like they could do the same thing they did with like, you know, when it first opened, they did like the Coke and the Sprite bottles and everything, but they made it look like a Star Warsian kind of font. They they should do that same thing with the with the Tapatio packets. Or something. Disney, if you're listening, we do know they listen because things have changed because we have said it. So next so thing clearly, you know, next thing you know, Batu Tapatio sauce is coming to you. Um, so we, so we got to discover for the first time parent swap, like rider swap at the parks. And I like it. I like it a lot. Um, I'm kind of sad I hadn't used it earlier. Yeah. Basically guys, this is a low key level of a fast pass we've discovered and it works out way better than I think it did before they had like, you know, the apps for Disneyland. But yeah, we walked up to Rise of the Resistance, explained our situation. It took us a minute because we were learning something new. And the guy we had was very long-winded, but nice. <laughs> yes. um, but basically, he was able to take kind of split our party in half. And on our phone, where our tickets were, he put half of us to go on the ride right now. And, and that half walked the whole length of the ride line and then the second half of us went and we rode it's a small world with my daughter and had a great time and when we came back the second group got to skip the longer line and just go through their fast pass lane so it was it was great and we did this multiple times on other rides too yeah and it was it was pretty great that they extended the window because you know with the boarding passes you only have an hour 
to be able to get back to the ride. Um, and so they actually, with us doing this like writer switch thing, they actually extended the window for an hour for everybody else to go a second time. So the rules right now with it, and I was reading about this, I think they're amending the rules a little bit soon, but right now- Are you saying we got too good of a deal? Yeah, we got a great deal. So now what it was when we did go, it was you plus two others could go back. So so say the four of us were at the park with just one of the kids, right? Um, or both kids, whatever, both kids, fine. So three of us could go ride at once while- Ryan, let's say you're staying with the kids and Dana, Kurt and I go ride the ride. Then we come out, we swap out one of the three of us. So I stay with the kids and Dana, Kurt can go ride it again with Ryan. So that's how the rules currently stand. Apparently they're amending it and now making it like only one person can go back with the other person. So it's two instead of three. So like one lucky person from the party gets to ride a ride twice and everybody else just gets to do it once. But uh, it, it look, it's on every ride. Technically, it's on every ride that has a height requirement, which we found out about Spider-Man, which was a whole nother thing. And I, I we can kind of talk about it really quickly and jump around. But like we ran into the problem with we had done this rider switch thing and it screwed up. Here's a note. If you do the rider switch thing, make sure you clear out your boarding passes before you try to get another virtual boarding virtual queue spot. So it screwed us up because that afternoon I was, you know, ready to go. We were sitting in Oga's Cantina and I was had the world clock up and ready to go. And I like got the boarding passes for Spider-Man over at California Adventure later in the day. And three people didn't get them because they were still stuck in this like Rise of the Resistance queue. But the amazing cast members at California Adventure, we went up and talked to one of the guest services people. She was incredible. She was like, no, 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 I got you because we missed our boarding window and all this stuff. And she literally just marched us up to the ride and put us on the ride. However, many of us wanted to get in there and go. So shout out to the amazing guest services people. But just know, like, you have to have everything. You can only have one virtual boarding pass at a time per person. So, I don't know. Things we learned. Kurt, what were your thoughts on riding um, Rise of the Resistance? I know you got to do it twice on this trip. Yeah, so that was our... We did it, I guess... In Florida. Yeah, in Walt Disney World... Um, Back in October of last year. No, and two years ago. Oh, two years we ago. We didn't make it. We didn't get in October, remember? Oh, I that's cried, right. We I didn't cried get. at the cast member you for did. like an hour trying you to did. get it. You tried everything <laughs> in your toolbox to get that cast member. Oh, yeah. To I, give I think I've something. talked about this where I literally was like, our hotel was bad. We didn't get any sleep. It's our anniversary. Uh, and she was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Still not going to give you a boarding pass. Anyway. Well, I think that so we wrote it Saturday and I was like, okay, yeah, it's really good. Yeah. But then we wrote it Sunday and I was like, oh, it's awesome. It's amazing. And I think maybe I just had remembered it with such high esteem. And then the and then like rewriting it again a couple of years later or however long it had been, I was a bit like, oh, you know, I guess I was a bit behind myself or something. Um, and I was sort of noticing like, oh, that bit didn't work or that bit wasn't quite like I remember it. And then um, I might also have just been really tired because we have a five month old. Um, and then the, the second day we wrote it, I just really found myself immersed in the story. And like I, I heard bits of information, you know, about the plot that I had never heard before. And it kind of all came together for me. And like the moment where you're sitting with uh, not Admiral Akbar, the 
the lookalike Beck, I think its name is. Um, and you're in that kind of transport ship. And I was, you know, watching the kind of space battle out the window. And I really felt like I was in the movie for a, for a moment or two. I was like, this is this is what the effect of this ride is. And that's what's so brilliant about it is it's not just a kind of amazing uh, collection of technologies and new ride inventions, but it really puts you in the center of the movie. And, you know, as a huge fan of the now sadly deceased great movie ride at Hollywood Studios, mm. I love this ride for giving me a sense of what that one did, which was like really feeling like you're you're in there and, and part of it. Absolutely. Rai, what did you think going on it again? Well, I think both times that I've done it, I uh, well, the first time I went on it with Sierra, you know, years ago or a year and a half ago anyway. I mean, obviously, I was blown away by so many of the cool technologies and like tricks and everything that are in there. And, you know, there's just so much to take in the first time. But also, I think Sierra being such a huge, huge Star Wars fan, as you know, a lot of us are. She was just so overcome with emotion that by the time we got off of it, you know, she was basically like in tears. And so that was infectious. I couldn't help but, you know, sort of share some of that with her in my initial experience with it. But then going on it for the first time this last trip, Again, we were on it with Kim, who had never done it before. So on top of my excitement to do it and just experience it again, I was also just really looking forward to writing with somebody that was also seeing it for the first time. And so I think that really hyped me up in that way. But also kind of like what you're saying, Kurt, there are things that aren't the same each time, like depending on what seat you're getting or, you know, if you're go to the left or the right. I mean, there are things that are that are different every time or at least from one ride to the next. And I think that depending, I guess, on your mindset could either keep it fresh or like, oh, that thing happened last time. It didn't happen this time, Why not? you know, but no, I, I loved it. it. I I can't speak highly enough about that. That I don't even want to call it a ride. I think it kind of sells it short to just call it a ride. But yeah, that attraction and it's yeah, an experience It's just. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that's that's the best word for it. It's really well, an experience. So. You know, you yeah. know what it is. And I, I said this to Dana and I think I about ended our friendship when I admitted that this is like Galaxy's Edge is Star Trek did it first. I'm sorry, Star Wars fans, but Star Trek did it first in Las Vegas. It's Star so Trek I've the heard. experience. And I, I no apologies here. Like there they had Rise of the Resistance. It was you were beamed on board the Starship Enterprise and you ran around that starship and ended up on a ride simulator to escape. Like literally they did it first and Star Wars copied. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> Star Wars copied something from Star Trek. Uh, Steal from the best, right? <laughs> exactly. You Adam, you weren't going to ruin our friendship over that. I thought you were going to bring up Stitch's Great Escape again. That's a friendship. I mean, that is the greatest ride ever made at Disney World. So, I mean, um, but I got to agree with you, Ryan, like being on there with Kim, because you and I were the two who went with Kim. Yeah, that's right. And Dana, Sierra and Kurt held back and we swapped out. And Kim's reactions on that thing were amazing. She was just like, what? Kim, who I should also preface, not a huge Star Wars fan. We've we've watched the movies with her. She can kind of take it early. She doesn't really care. And then plus we've talked up this uh, this thing so much that, you know, when she got off of it, I just remember her turning to me and, and saying like, wow, I, I was not prepared for that to be as awesome as it was. But I mean, it lives up to the hype. That's crazy. It really does. It's so cool. Well, while you guys were doing that ride, Ryan, or, uh, Ray and Sierra and I went to go do the It's a Small World because that had to be Ray's first ride back. She was so ecstatic. Mm-hmm. I took video. I'll have to send it over to you, Adam, so you can put it on Instagram. But she was 
like literally skipping into the line and and screaming, I'm so excited. It was darling. And so it was just so much fun to be back. We had a magical experience with Sierra. Um, we got a boat all to ourselves. So we get down there and they're like, oh, what a cute little family. And they just let us onto a boat. Uh, and we are. We're a cute little family, Sierra and Ray and I. And we had a boat all to ourselves. I was I think I cried a little bit in that ride. It is so darling. If if you have never gone on It's a Small World at Disneyland, make a point to go. And make sure to go with your daughter because she will give you a running commentary the amazing. entire boat ride and tell you what's coming up, yeah. what to look out for, which pavilion, which land uh, certain characters appear in. And, uh, you, you know, you have yeah. to... You have to balance your audio intake between <laughs> It's a Small World on repeat from all the characters, as well as trying to focus on what Ray is trying to give you, which is essential information about the ride itself. So what Kurt is getting at is on day two, um, we left Noah with Dana and Ryan while we rode Rise of the Resistance because we got boarding passes again. And then we swapped out. We took Ray and Dana and Ryan got to go ride Rise of the Resistance together. So Kurt and I got to imagine what life would be like with two kids for a brief period there. And we said, Ray, what do you want to do? And she said, Small World. So we naturally went to Small World. And it was really fun. Like Noah was in my lap. Ray was sitting in between us. And it was just... It was it was really fun. Um, taking Noah on Small World was great. We Facetime my mom. We kind of have a thing that even pre Noah, whenever Kurt and I would ride Small World, we Facetime my mom uh, from the ride. So we Facetime mom again so she could see Noah uh, on It's a Small World, and it was just it was really special. Like one of my, I think that is a hundred percent. I think I said this last week. Like the highlight of the trip for me was that like. Being on Small World um, with Noah, with Ray there, with Kurt. And it was just really, it was really special. And, you know, for one of my, one of my favorite rides, like, and I know that's ridiculous because it's, it's a small world and people like load that thing. But the, like, you're right, Dana, the Disneyland one is so special and so different um, than the Disney World one. And it's long. I forget how long that ride is. It is long. You will not forget the lyrics to It's a Small World if you write it even once. Um, but it is like that's the Disney magic. And I, I think when you don't have kids and you go on it as an adult, you don't really see it. I didn't see it. And then the second I took my kid on that ride, um, even before she could talk, it was just like, oh, this ride is so adorable and she loves it. And so it definitely holds a special place in our hearts. I will also say right outside of It's a Small World, right before you get in line, they had a lot of characters over there. And so Ray got to meet Moana at one point, and that was a really great little interaction. We saw Peter Pan and Captain Hook and Wendy at another point. And you guys saw Mary Poppins and uh, Bert as well. Yeah, Kurt, I, I'll let Kurt fanboy out over Mary Poppins right now. He is... Yeah, I just legit scream whenever I see her. It was my favorite movie as a, as a kid, and I watched it on repeat. And my mom rented the VHS um, endlessly. And to this day, if I see her, I just squeal oh. and run over and stare at her with my kind of mouth open. He full-on, like, stalked her at Epcot one trip. Like, chased her down and stalked her at Epcot. Yeah, whenever she appears, <laughs> I, I will lose it. And so getting to, like, 
take a picture with my son for the first time and Mary Poppins was very special. But I have a little bit of Disneyland news, which I don't know whether if you know, but if you want to drop in a little bit. Somebody dropping in the mouse musings. All right. A little mouse muse for you. An amuse bouche, we might say. Um, it's uh, he's, he's working on the dad jokes. These are these are coming in. <laughs> Just because we're talking about um, doing characters, I am a huge and talking about Mary Poppins. I am a huge parades person. I love a parade, and I always make Adam stop and watch them, and he doesn't like them as much as I because do. Because parade time is prime ride time. Okay, okay. And uh, um, there, there's a rumor today that parades are coming back to Disneyland. They've just done um, a little Frozen character cavalcade at Disneyland, which they haven't been doing in the same way that Walt Disney World has. Um, so now if you kind of pick a strategic spot at a certain time of the day, you'll see the float from um, Mickey's Soundsational Parade with Anna and Elsa and Olaf going around. So the hope is that, um, I guess this is a trial run, it'll go well and we'll have parades back in the park. And then you can just stand in one spot and see all the characters all at once. I hope so. I love the parades. I think I'm the only one in this family that like, well, Ray likes them too. But honestly, during COVID, when we were home and quarantining, we put a lot of the Disney parades on YouTube and she would just dance around the living room and everything. Mm -hmm. They're so sweet. So I hope they come back. I think one thing that actually, I mean, just going back to, you know, just seeing characters in, in general that I think I know became sort of the new normal because of you know covid and distancing and all of that but i think it actually kind of works to your advantage as just a person in the park is that you do see the characters kind of from a distance they are in places that you would expect to see them but there is no line to like get up and take a picture with them and so i think it kind of i don't know at least the way i was experiencing it kind of you know if if ray wanted to you know go see moana or or you know show her stuffed mickey to you know the 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 mouse himself there wasn't any line or like any crazy like competition to yeah. get up there you could just kind of stand there and you know get your picture and wave hello and you know just kind of go about your business which I yeah was i was cool. with ray when we were in toontown ray took me around toontown mickey's toontown and it was exactly that like mickey was at his house and normally there'd be an insane line to go in and get your photo with Mickey. And Mickey was just standing on his front porch. He like he locked on the Ray, like waved at her, made her happy as could be. But there were a whole crowd of people out front. But everybody kind of got to have their own little moment at the same time with Mickey. I, I kind of hope this stays. It kind of brings that yeah, magic I mean, and actually it. in Toontown, I even remember hearing at one point a woman outside of Mickey's house just saying to people who are just instinctively lining up because that's what you do at Disneyland, right? They're like, oh, there's no line. Just get up. Just take a picture. Mm -hmm. Yeah, get in there. I liked it. And they did the same thing over at California Adventure. She saw Anna and Elsa and Pluto. I got a really cute video of Pluto interacting with a service dog. But um, it was it was really sweet and totally relaxed. So I agree. I hope they keep it. And I'm sure the character performers selfishly enjoy not having to sign a bajillion autograph books right now because they're not doing that at the moment. Speaking of a, a California adventure, I heard a rumor, Dana, that you weren't that impressed with Avengers Campus. Oh, you oh know boy. what? Okay, okay, okay. We're getting into the real stuff, guys. You're here Come for on. the good and the bad. The Mickey gloves I, are off. <laughs> I did not love it the first time I walked in. I don't even know if I loved it as much the second time, but I liked it a lot better. So the first day we went, 
full disclosure, I am like very tired and I had a tired kid and I'd been caring for her while you guys, I think, all went on a ride. And so she was a little exhausted and it was very loud and noisy and she just kind of was not into it. And I think that set my mood. But I also was not impressed with the PIMS kitchen, test lab kitchen drink that I had. Um, so I was kind of coming in not in a great mood. It was very noisy and loud for loud's sake. You know, it was just a lot of epic Marvel music constantly playing at all times. So I didn't love that. On the second day, I liked it a lot more. Still felt like they could have toned down the music a bit. I liked seeing how many characters they had. It was like even the obscure Marvel characters were there and they were like in all different places on the, the roofs, on the walls, like Spider-Man. Um, it, it was really cool for that. And I love that photo op spot we found where it's an optical illusion. Yeah. So it looks like you're falling into like a vortex or something. Um, I thought that was great. But overall, I felt like it was kind of lacking in some personality. I, I didn't feel like I was needing to race off to see Avengers Campus again anytime soon. I would argue that I think after coming off of how immersive and expansive Galaxy's Edge is, I think that anybody probably going in expecting the Marvel version of that might be a little disappointing because they just straight up don't have the, you know, the space for that. And so it is a little bit more condensed. Uh, but I think the coolest, one of the coolest parts that I, I think we experienced was the, with the first time we went into it, it just happened to time out that that was when, uh, you know, the, the big Spidey thing was happening. Okay. That was cool. That we was saw the Spider-Man animatronic. It was awesome. I, thing, I mean, I've, I saw the footage before that. But like weeks before we went. And so I was like, oh, I know what this is going to be. But then when you see it in person, it's, you know, it's pretty incredible. I, I, there are no words like that was I mean, it's the whole thing with like the actor up there. The gymnast actor was very hokey. But like you're not there for that. You're there to see this animatronic literally fly. And that is. Holy moly, that was insane. Like you guys. Disney figured out how to make a robot fly <laughs> independently in the air. What? I mean, it, he looks like a Cirque du Soleil performer, but it's a robot. And apparently there is a couple of different versions of his flight through the air. And one of them is a deliberate um, kind of messed up one where he slightly like goes wrong and cr and kind of crash lands. And then he recovers and comes back and is like the, you know, the kind of. The real, the real performer is like, oh, you know, I'm okay. Don't worry about me kind of thing. So they've not only programmed this Stuntronic to happen kind of perfectly, but the also imperfect version, which is when we've really got to worry about robots taking over the world. If they can fool us that they're making mistakes, <laughs> just like us, we have to really be on our I've guard. I've said this. I've said <laughs> this. The robot takeover is going to start at Disney. Like that's, that's where this is going to happen and we're all going to die. Um, uh, I hadn't thought about the sound design like uh, I didn't have the same reaction, Dana, as you, but now you've said that, that does make me think that usually it's very intentional at Disney, like Galaxy's Edge, as you mentioned. Like, I was, again, struck by the fact that you can hear X-Wings flying over at a certain point, and it makes you look up and expect to see them in the sky because it's so well done. Or one of my favorite moments at California Adventure ever is um, Twilight in Cars Land when life could be a dream plays and the neon lights come on, and it's just such a kind of 
timed, you know, intentional moment. And I wonder if that might be, you know, something that they move towards Avengers Campus as they start to kind of direct people's attention, you know, like, oh, it's now it's the Dora Milaje coming out or like now it's this happening and that maybe the sound design pairs back a little bit. Um, but it's weird. I think I also think we're seeing in Avengers Campus the the new era of leadership at Disney coming through, that this is no longer, you know, Bob Iger. This is Bob Chapek, who, um, you know, his previous role was in products and merchandise and that, you know, the main attraction in Avengers Campus, you can play just as it is, but you can also spend money on something that you wear that enhances your gameplay. And I sort of see this like um, a kind of syn- synchronous thing happening between merchandise and, and the attractions and, you know, you can buy a kind of crazy gauntlet that you put your Coke bottle in. And I just was like, I felt that uh, Avengers Campus lent quite heavily into that kind of cross-merchandising thing in a way that uh, Disney hasn't done before. See, my my takeaway was I I loved the music and the intensity because when you watch a Marvel film, they, it starts with that intensity in the Marvel, in the Avenger music and, you know, the Marvel opening, right? And like, I kind of loved you're going from you know, Grizzly Peak into like, you see Grizzly Peak right there. And by the way, one of the best photos that I think Kurt took it over the weekend was out from Avengers campus, looking at Grizzly Peak with the sun setting behind it, which looked really, really cool. But I'll let you have it for the Instagram. Okay. Thank you. Photo credit. (laughs) Um, But I, I loved the intensity of it. Like I felt like it, added to the experience of being in Avengers campus, hearing the bum, 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 you know, that like Avengers music blaring down at you while you're in there. Um, I thought it was bigger than it was going to be. It felt more expansive because I remember going through bugs land when it was the bugs land. It wasn't that big or exciting. So I thought it just felt epic. And I thought the music added to the like epic feeling when you were walking through there, like it was just this like intense superhero, bigger than life, save the world, boom thing, right? What was disappointing, which we can get to and Dan alluded to, was honestly Pim's tasting lab. Like, ah. Uh, yeah, I had such high hopes. I think we built it up too much. When they ran out of beakers. Yeah, well, that was souvenir. part of the problem. You just got this. Dinky, yeah. the dinky California Adventure alcohol cup, the yellow solo cups that they put their booze in, and they didn't have the beakers that the drinks were supposed to come in. And I asked on the second day we were there, because of course we went back. Um, <laughs> we, we don't like we this disliked place, it but so we much. Came back. We went back. <laughs> <laughs> um, look, it, they had alcohol. So, uh, and I asked the cast member, I said, what happened with the beakers? Was that just like a stunt or whatever? She goes, no. She said, we went through our entire supply in the first two weekends that it was open. She goes, and they're back ordered and we're not getting more till the fall. So they're coming back. But I guess it was just so. And then I'm like, come on, Disney, you knew like a limited capacity and you still ran out of beakers like you knew they knew. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right. What did you think of Avengers Campus and Pim's test? Yeah, you know what? I quite honestly, I really loved the whole thing. I liked coming in. I liked hearing that Avengers theme song right away, and that kind of put me right in the in the spirit of things. And you know, I you know, first thing you see, you look around. Hey, there's Loki walking around. Hey, there's you know, 
Iron Man. Oh, there's Black Widow up by the uh, the Quinjet and uh, and yeah, I mean, I mean, it was busy, so I kind of wasn't really anticipating experiencing all of it, knowing that it's so new and it just opened. So I think I went in with a pretty pretty open mind and low expectations, and so I, I really had a great time there, and I really enjoyed the the um, drinks we had at Pim's as well. Uh, I, I don't think I've ever had a marshmallow stout in my life, and uh, I was a big fan, actually. I don't know that I'd buy a six-pack of them, but uh, well, that was, it was your, cool to you know, your genius hang out there. The and, you know, see, uh, That's what I thought you did so well, Ryan, about the whole weekend, was that you didn't have any expectations of what you wanted to, like, what, you, what your must-dos or your must-haves, whatever. You were just like, yeah. I'm here for the weekend, whatever happens, happens. And I think that was the, that was the best way to play at this first trip back. I, th- so I think she- I found that I was kind of straddling two different mindsets. One of them being, you know, we had seasons passes. We came there just about every weekend. And so we kind of got into this pattern back, you know, in the before times of, oh, there's no stress. We're just going to go. We're going to do what we do and we're ready to go. We'll head off. Uh, so I, w- I was still kind of in that zone because that's just my general baseline now when we're there. But also, the other part of my brain is like, well, remember, this is the first time you've been here in a year. Who knows when you're going to come back? So make sure, you know, you sort of maximize your time. But I, yeah, I think I, I guess that's that's my personal secret weapon is, you know, just go with the flow, see what happens. And then you'll you'll have a good time no matter what. So should we talk about P90X, the workout ride, also known as Spider-Man? Web Oof. slingers? Yes, absolutely. We should. <laughs> that thing was a workout. Yeah, if you guys have done the Toy Story Midway Mania, it's not dissimilar in that you're also working on that ride, but this one is all completely virtual. There's no like machine in front of you like a like a toy like you're playing with the Toy Story one. But I mean, the like arm movements of constantly being like shooting your arms out, it's literally like you're doing an aerobics workout on the ride the entire time like you're just like pew 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 wrong 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 franchise sorry (laughs) i was very impressed with the accuracy though like i i I felt like a couple times i was doing the 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 spidey movement and kind of really keeping an eye on where it went and i've had problems when some of those rides in the past specifically the the once the buzz lightyear one over at disneyland I'm like one of the only people that's just absolutely terrible on that thing. I, I can't. Oh, he's horrible. I can't hit it. a target to save my life. But <laughs> can't do it. But I felt like I was doing pretty well on the Spider-Man one. I was like, okay, yeah, you, you aim and it hits the thing. This is awesome. Yeah, you got the high score in our little cart. I did, yeah. yeah. I wasn't going to bring that up. But. Well, okay, well, I will. What, but what did you think? I mean, Kurt, you, you had expectations for this, right? We had heard that it was kind of like a very Disney went universal with it. But what... What was your overall? I mean, I I think I said after we got off, I would have loved if there was a few more kind of pieces of like, you know, real life set between in the transition moments between screens, like maybe, you know, a Spider-Man animatronic (laughs) or just at least even like, you know, a few spider bots or something just that that kind of wasn't just a bare brick wall as you wait to pull up in front of the of the next screen. Um, I think, yeah, it's, screen things and game-based attractions are not really my thing. I did love the theming of the queue, though. <laughs> I will say that I loved the mm-hmm. the line, like, waiting outside and, and then, like, the hybrid kind of Stark Motors uh, factory old school with the kind of new modern 
web tech thing, I thought all of that was really was really well done and, and like a good use of a small space. You just really like. And Tom did you Holland notice that actually t-shirt. coming out of the yeah. the ride, a lot of the story elements that uh, that you're introduced to in the course of like you know the queue and then going through uh, the ride and seeing like the pre-show and everything. Once you get out of it, you kind of notice that a lot of those story elements are kind of like in the vicinity outside of the ride. You know, like you're shooting at the I forget what they call them, the little like, you know, robotics, the spider bots. Yeah. And then like once you get out, you notice that like, oh, there's some like kind of stuck all over the the place. And they're like if you watch them, they're they're kind of twitching and they're, you know, making noises and they're just like webbed to the the brick wall and stuff. I thought those kind of details were a lot of fun. I I do think, though, the best part of the whole thing was the pre-show. Like the way those videos made it look like Tom Holland. Oh, so you liked Tom Holland? Yeah, I like Tom Holland. That's what you're saying. It's got it. Whatever. <laughs> He's whatever. Uh, I think we've talked about this before, but uh, like that, it, it looked like he was there in the room. Like they took the technology they're using for Ray in Rise, and obviously with Ray, it has that Star Warsy effect to it where it looks older. But like mm-hmm. that whole, and then when Spider Man pops out and it's not Peter Parker anymore, like. That was incredible. It looked fully 3D and real. Like that was that was it, great. It reminded me about the uh, the park that must not be named Universal Studios. <laughs> it reminded me of Harry Potter and the Harry Potter ride when you're going through Hogwarts and you see the you know mm. um, Harry and Hermione and and Ron up in the corner in one of the classrooms. It's that same kind of screen technology that makes it look like they're really there. And it is. It's super cool. I really hope like we get the big Avengers ride at some point that is rumored. Who knows when they're ever going to build it if they are. But I feel like that has to be coming because like the Spider-Man ride is cool, but it's it's I don't know. I, I think if you've done Toy Story Mania, you kind of get a sense of it. And like it's a lot of fun, but it's not. I don't know. I, I, I think that if I went back and we weren't able to get on it, it wouldn't like break my heart necessarily. Yeah. Like It was fun, but. I don't know. I do feel like they, they have this amazing stage that they've set. Like there clearly has to be something more planned, I guess, is kind of my takeaway. Should we talk about the four reservations that we had in the two <laughs> days we were there? And you got up at minimum four times at 3 a.m. to secure these. So I feel like we should tell everybody what we found worth getting up that early to secure a reservation for and maybe any that we felt you didn't really need this time. We should also say, though, that the Lamplight Lounge reservation was completely upstaged by the fact that a car on the Incredicoaster had stopped yeah. at the top of a peak. And we spent most of that meal watching people um, like be kind of removed from the ride and then watch what an ambulance crew turned up. And there was a whole situation. There that, was drama. I mean, I barely remember what I, I ate because I was following the story so closely. <laughs> Yeah, let's start with I was place. highly entertained by the whole drama that was going on with evacuating the roller coaster. I almost like you, I couldn't eat my food because I was just like, oh, look, now they're opening up the um the safety seals and they're letting people get off the ride. And oh, look, now they have to go down the stairs. And <laughs> oh, they're taking like I mean, I was giving a play by play because I was so invested. But yeah, we were seated. So one of our meals was the Lamplight Lounge. We were very excited about this one. And we were seated in the little like lip that goes out into the lake. And we were able to watch the um, Incredicoaster going by, you know, every few minutes. But it had stopped maybe 15 minutes into our meal. And we watched them evacuate two different coaster um, trains 
in that time and it was fun. Ryan, Kurt and I had just rode Incredicoaster right before that. Like we that yeah, like immediately before sitting down yeah. for that meal. Which by the way, this just reminded me, one of the greatest character interactions I've ever had at Disneyland was on the Incredicoaster. We like so you know the bit where it goes out and where you know they go three two one boo and you hear like jack jack's feet pattering off where it used to be neil patrick harris counting you down when it was california screaming well up walking along the side where you're just sitting there waiting for the thing to blast off mrs incredible was up there just working the entire train car like because we got help for a yeah. while and she just vamped basically and went <laughs> up and down and made hand gestures and pointed to people and yeah getting you hyped yeah. yeah it was it was great i loved it i was like they should permanently have one of the characters because they have all the characters for the incredibles including edna mode which kurt and i met a couple years ago when we went out there and we got a picture with edna mode which was amazing and like it's so good um but they have them all and they like having mrs incredible working it and she was like like doing like you're gonna go upside down and oh don't know what's going on and it was like it was that was really fun i loved it i love it was just a good moment like that they're so good at i hope they keep these character interactions the way they're doing because they're really they're really nailing it right now yeah um okay so let's go through lamplight lounge I'll ask each of you, what did you have? And did you like the experience? And did you like the food? So Kurt, what did you have? I am genuinely struggling to remember because I was feeding Noah at the time. And that when he's, he was, he's eating solids and if you're feeding a five month old solids, you have to give him like your full focus to make sure the food goes where it needs to. But I remember that we, I think we overordered perhaps because we really wanted to make the most of that reservation. So there was a lot of wasted food, which I always feel bad about. We had the potato skins. Mm-hmm. And I think, did I have an impossible You're burger the, with pastrami in, in quotation marks? Yeah, the marks. pastrami spiced. The vegetarian, burger. yeah. But it's the same thing you have when we were at Touch of Disney. You're the right. same thing. Yeah, I, I love that night lounge. I love the cocktails and I love, um, I've always loved the food. I don't think it's ever a wasted time at Lamplight. See, I was kind of disappointed with it this trip. Like, I had the, the salmon sandwich along with the... We, we ordered a bunch of appetizers, what we did, right? We had the potato skins. We had the Brussels. Actually, I will give them credit. The Caesar salad made out of Brussels sprouts was delicious. Um, and then I think there's some seafood that we had the as appetizers. Lobster too. nachos. That's right. Um, but the, like, the sandwich was, eh? I don't know. It just wasn't, it wasn't the Lamplight Lounge, like, this, like, fantasy in my head that I had in my head of how great the restaurant is. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I had the same, I had the burger there and I remember getting it before and being really blown away by it. And it was just kind of so, so this time. Um, I think it says a lot that I, my burger was being upstaged by me watching a ride be evacuated. Like I was more into that than I was this burger. Uh, what do you have? What do you think? Well, we split the burger. Oh yeah. If fine. you remember. I didn't. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was it was fine. Yeah, it didn't blow my mind or anything. Um, but I, I think mostly what I enjoyed was yeah, we did split all these other things like the so the the um, Brussels sprout salad and and the lobster nachos. I think are always a always a win. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I think that I, I don't know what exactly it was that was missing. There was having been there a couple times before. I think there was just a little 
little pixie dust that wasn't quite as present as it has been before. It was I guess. slow. Do you remember that? Like we couldn't. We were all dying for water at this point, and like it took forever to get water. I remember that, and it was they were, and they were out of glasses. They didn't have any yeah. like cutlery and glasses and stuff. They. I think I didn't notice that much as much at, at the beginning because I feel like I was maybe racing back and forth with Ray or something like at the beginning of that meal maybe. But uh, okay, so if you were to go back again tomorrow to Disney, would you secure a reservation at Lamplight? Yes or no? I would because I also like the fact that you can then order a cocktail to go for the rest of your afternoon at the park. Um, because look, I mean, your drink options, if you want, if you're there and you want drinks, your drink options inside California Adventure are either like really sugary cocktails or beer. Uh, and maybe a couple spots have, um, hard seltzers, but like, or Uh, wine. You can also get very expensive wine. I spent $17 on a glass of wine once there and I was very embarrassed. It was delicious, (laughs) but I spent $17 on a glass of wine. So I like that you can get like a Tito's and soda and take it with you and have something else other than the super sugary drinks. If you just want a cocktail to have with you that afternoon, because the big difference is at Hollywood Studios, because I often compare in my head DCA and Hollywood Studios as similar parks for some reason. In my mind, they are. I don't know why. But at at Hollywood Studios, they have like the bar carts all throughout the park where you can just get a regular cocktail somewhere throughout the park, which you can't do at DCA. So I don't know. Here's what I think is really good about Lamplight Lounge is if you start your day in Disneyland, as we always tend to do, and then at some point midday-ish, early afternoon, you're going to transfer to DCA, you're getting close to you want that sit-down meal option. And at DCA, you've got Lamplight Lounge or you've got the Italian place. Carthay Circle. Or Carthay Circle, I guess. Yeah. But the great thing about Lamplight Lounge, it, I think, is you can sit outside or even if you're inside, you're inside outside because the the room, the room is so open and you're seeing the, the roller coaster, you're seeing a lot of the rides, you're, you've got that amazing view over the over that kind of um, area where World of Color is. And so you still feel like you're part of the action and that you're like, there's so much kinetic energy and you're not kind of taking time out of the park if you like to sit down and have a meal, which, let's face it, is, is often really necessary to just have a breather and a proper sit down and, and eat something substantial at some point. Yeah, I always tell clients when I'm talking to them about Disney trips, like plan a sit down meal. You kind of don't want to because you think, oh, I don't want to spend money and sit down and waste hours. But you need to rest at some point, especially if you're there with kids. So yeah, I always recommend having a place to know that you're going to get to go and sit down. Well, that's always interesting from Kurt because Kurt, when his and his mom took them to Disney World when they were really young and they rinsed it like they were there for a week and no sit down meals. It was like, go, go, go. And Kurt, you talk about this. Yeah. How like you didn't realize the joy of like sitting down and having a nice meal once a day is in the parks. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. She just was like, we have to do as many rides as possible in the time that we're there. And we would go from park open to park close. And then I went to Tokyo Disney Sea with some friends when I was in my 30s. And we were like, let's sit down in the, you know, Venice area and have an amazing meal and a bottle of wine. And it was like, just amazing. And I wondered why I've never done that before. Yeah, one can do that in (laughs) Disney. Okay, um, let's talk about um, – should we stay in California Adventure real quick and talk about Carthay Circle real quick? I know you guys didn't eat there. Yeah. We didn't really either. Um, we had a reservation. 
we kept it just because we had to complete the circle of our four our our four um gauntlet of uh <laughs> restaurants that we were staying at but um we ended up getting some cocktails and we split what was it the we got the uh, ceviche oh the ceviche what did you think i thought it was fantastic yeah, I wish we had spent more time there. That ceviche was one of the best ceviches I've ever had. It was one of those moments where I, I don't even feel like we were that hungry, but, you know, we were like, well, we're here. We may as well try something small we can share. And, oh, man, it was hungry or no. It was like, OK, this, this this was a good decision. And then we got some cocktails and I don't even remember. Oh, mine was like the Ginger Rogers. It had gin in it. It was light. I don't I gave Adam a sip. I think you thought it was a little too fruity, but I thought it was incredible. It was very well mixed. Yeah, and by that point, I think I was a, a bit sugared out, so I, I went for the gin and tonic, which, I mean, I've never had a fancy enough one in an establishment where they bring you the gin with the ice and then a separate little little glass of tonic to to mix oh, it. Oh, buddy, we you, gotta, you, you gotta please. come to the, you gotta come to a pub in London with us because it ain't fancy. They literally, you get a gin and tonic in a pub in London. They're like, here's your cup, some glass of gins in it, and there's your little bottle of, uh, you know, it's slim, <laughs> right? Did I say that right? I, I had no idea. But uh, but I actually I tasted the the tonic on its own and I was like wow this is this is way better than the stuff I get at home. Okay. <laughs> fancy pants tonic. <laughs> I felt very fancy. That's all I'm saying. You're also both being incredibly I... polite in describing your experience at Carthay Circle and not mentioning the fact that we basically ruined it by when you kindly offered to watch our five month old so we could do a ride or two together and he prompted to like melt down at that moment when you're just enjoying your Ginger Rogers cocktail. Well, I think that goes to the help of the Ginger Rogers and the ceviche because they were that good that even Noah's meltdown did not ruin that experience for us. It, Noah had Noah's what would you guys call it the witching hour that he was in right then, and he woke up and he was pretty upset and crying a lot. But he, we also handled it. He it and I hung time. out outside for a minute and he calmed down. But we definitely called you in a panic of I think your kid is broken and we're sorry if we broke it <laughs> no he's just it was bottle time um so okay that was Carthay Circle we met you guys there should we Ogas Oga, yeah Ogas? that's where I was going yeah so Ogas we did the boys went and then the ladies went um so Kurt Ryan and I and Noah, Kurt Ryan, Noah and I all went to Oga's together first. We had we somehow locked in two reservations there so we could split the party up. Um, we went in there first. I finally got my jet juice again. So I was a happy camper. Kurt, Ryan, what did you think? I mean, I've that was the second time I've been in there and both times just walking through. I I mean, you already feel this way because you're in a, in Galaxy's Edge. So you feel like you're you know, living Star Wars already. But I think what really solidifies it for me is just walking into a Star Wars cantina because it's, I don't know. I, I, it just takes me back to seeing that first scene in, as a kid in the original movie. And, you know, the, the jizz whalers are doing their thing, you know, with the classic. So yeah. I mean, that is their name, by the way, I should point out. I was out. just going to say, I, know, I was that, like, wait, that, that's impressive. You know, Dana, we got, might need to flag this episode as, uh, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, yeah, this episode might be, uh, not, not safe for work now, but, uh, but no, but just walking in there and just, you know, seeing the, 
the the vibe in there and it's you know kind of bustling and yeah it just feels like the quintessential star wars experience and then just to go up and kind of you know sit at the bar and just kind of take in all of the details and the you know the animatronics and all just the kind of love that they've clearly you know put into like every square inch of that place and then you have the jet juice and you know you're having a good time and you know now there are stormtroopers going into Ogre's Cantina periodically, which I think would be amazing to be kind of stood at the bar or something enjoying a cocktail and and then come in and start interrogating you. But the greatest part I was, I think the greatest part of that was, I mean, Kurt and I have been to Ogre's what four times now between Disney World and Disneyland, and yet to have he- heard the classic Star Wars Cantina song. Like it's always been something else, and we were in there. And DJ Rax busted out the bump 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 Yeah. And I was that made me very happy. And it was just fun to have like Noah in there. He was sitting literally sitting on the bar while we were having our drinks. And it was it was a lot of fun. And I remember the the cast member who was the bartender, she was like, It's a baby. And she got really excited over Noah and Aww. was like gushing. Yeah, he was a hit. Yeah, I was going to ask where you guys got to sit because we were also at the bar and I loved it. And I think the bar is kind of the place to be. There's some seating in the back there. It's all like standing room only, right? Well, there are booths in there. Oh, there are. Yeah. Like you can sit and have a have a snack and things. But yeah, both times I've been in there, we have only stood at the bar, which, yeah, I think is kind of yeah, you're in all the action there. We loved it. Us ladies who went, we um, I think I only had a beer. But we did try the jet juice. Kim got the jet juice. And yeah, it has a kick. Mm-hmm. It really gets you started for the day. I found the recipe online. And I the only reason I have yet to try to create it is because I think like all the random ingredients it needs. This would a Kurt might kill me uh, because it would probably cost like $100 to buy all the ingredients to make. The jet juice, because there's like one that somebody was like somebody online was like, I had to have this shipped in from blah, blah, blah. This like special liqueur that they put into it and all this other stuff. So I will I will refrain from trying to make my own. Jet well, juice. that's when you just get one of those giant igloo uh, coolers that they take to like, cut kids soccer games and just, you know, make a big <laughs> batch of it and just keep it in the in the kitchen for, you know, rough day after work. <laughs> How's that? Can we do that? Sure. Wow, you heard it here, folks. I can wow, make an okay, <laughs> igloo okay. of jet juice. Okay, so Ogas, do you recommend people get rec- uh, reservations for it if they can? Always. Yeah, I think so. I think it's definitely, if you're in Galaxy's Edge and you can get in there, again, you get a little bit of a um, break from the hustle and bustle and just get to sort of be immersed in that experience and recharge, refuel, off you go. Yeah, I agree. Okay, the last one, the, the big one, Blue Bayou. Oh. What did we all think of the Blue Bayou? It was the best. Yeah, that place is nothing else like it, I don't think. It, it yeah. yeah, it Agreed. really it really was. And I got to say the adding the uh adult beverages, they're very funny about the rules with the adult beverages there we learned. Um, that yes. you can't like, you know how normally you go to a restaurant, you sit down, the server comes up and they're like, what can I get you the drink? She walked up and goes, what, what non-alcoholic beverages can I get you to drink? And Kurt, I think <laughs> chimed in and was like, wait, what? 
yeah, our whole table was silent for a beat, and then they were like, non-alcoholic, and she's like, well, you have to wait and order the alcohol with your meal. So they're a little, a little funny about it over there. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't. I guess it's to prevent people from coming in and just ordering drinks. But if you're going through the brouhaha of like getting a reservation to go to Blue Bayou. Like you're not getting it to get a no offense. And I know you guys had them. I thought it was disgusting, but a crappy hurricane or <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't like it. I'm sorry. I, I sent it back. I sent my drink back. I didn't I have did. one. I had a glass of wine and I'm happy with my choice. what do you think of the hurricane? I think I've had maybe one other hurricane in my life. And I can't say that in like just my day to day, uh, experience it would ever be my go-to but i don't know something about sitting in there you know in new orleans square and in the bayou and everything i was just like you know if i'm gonna get a hurricane this is the place to do it and you know again one was fine one was enough but i i did enjoy it i think it actually uh went with the ambiance very well and and went with my food pretty well too yeah, that's the word for that place is ambiance and like atmosphere. That place just it is exemplifies it. And I actually think they've upped their food game a little bit. Yeah. And I loved I have Absolutely. To say, another great thing about COVID is not getting a menu that, that has the little light inside of it so that you can read it. Like you just scan the QR code, look it up on your phone, built in backlight, off you go. It's a lot easier than struggling to try and read with a little light built inside the menu. Yeah, I I am all for the future of QR code menus everywhere you go. And Disney basically has them everywhere. I don't remember having a physical menu anywhere we went, actually. Do you? No, yeah, I don't, like I don't think it's we did. Temporary paper one. Oh, that's right. Yeah. 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 Um oh. you know, so so I sent the hurricane back because I didn't like it, and then I got a glass of wine. And then I, I had like drink fails left and right there. Cause then you remember I like went to go drink the glass of wine and the wine glass like broke in my mouth. <gasps> yes. I'd never seen that happen before. Yeah. Yeah. So then you, like, Hulk she style broke it. With she definitely teeth. went and grabbed the glass that had the little, the little chipping. <laughs> She's like, oh, this guy gets this one. <laughs> Since he already turned one drink down, we'll give him this one. Um, Cut his lip up. But then I finally had my glass of wine and it was it was really nice. And it kind of like I had this romantic memory in my mind of when Kurt and I were at Disneyland Paris and we went to the um, we went to the their version of Blue Bayou, which is same. It's on the banks of their um, Pirates of the Caribbean, but it's like terraced and it's beautiful and it's just a different feel. But it, because it was France. The, you could get a bottle of wine and Kurt and I had a really nice dinner there that our first trip to Disneyland Paris where we just sat there had a nice meal a bottle of wine on the banks of Pirates of the Caribbean but like so I I love it I love that you can sit there now and have like a nice evening have a glass of wine with your meal and yeah like Kurt was saying the food game they've redone their menu and it was delicious Oh, man, did they? It is so good. I I would have told you before this trip that like Blue Bayou, while the ambiance is incredible and I love it, that the food's only subpar. So we usually don't even get reservations there. Now it's a must do. I'm going to try and get reservations every time we go. Um, I think, Adam, you and I also figured out a good little hack with the food. We split our two lunch orders. So I got the Monte Cristo sandwiches and you got the salmon. Yep. 
can we split them together? That's we the had, way to we go. Had our, we had our $32 Monte Cristo, considering it was $3 back in or $1.50 or whatever we figured out it was when they opened. <laughs> yes. um, but always so good. And I love the presentation of it. It came out on that wood cutting board with that um, that apple salad that was really, really good with it. Totally. It was so good. So yeah, if I love the Monte Cristo, if you guys are at all interested in it, you can get it. It comes in fourths, so you could split it even for the table. Um, maybe another hack right there. And the dipping sauce. Um, I mean, the sauces that came with it. So good. So, so good. What'd you have, Ry? Uh, well, it had a much fancier name uh, on the menu that I'm Forgetting, but essentially I got the surf and turf. It was a, you know, filet and and a big hunk of lobster. Oh, my God. On both fronts, that was the best meal I've had in recent memory. Like, I, I kind of felt like I was on another planet while I was eating. Like, I'm sitting next to Ray and making sure that she's eating and having a good time. But at the same time, I'm like, don't talk to daddy right now. <laughs> yeah, I think we lost you for a minute. You were like in it. <laughs> We actually had to wheel Ryan out in one of the strollers. Um, the kids, Ray had to walk and Ryan had to be pushed out in the stroller. Yeah. I regret nothing. So the, I, I feel like we could go on for uh, hours about this trip. And I think we're going to have, I know Dana, you and I are going to have a lot more to talk about. But I think quickly we should maybe just go around and say everybody's highlight and low light from the trip, like best and worst real quick. Um, to kind of round it out, what do you think? Yeah, I think that sounds like a good plan. All right, Dana, you're on the spot. Oh, am I, oh I'm starting it. Oh, okay. Um, my highlight was, my. I mean, I think I said this before, but writing, writing It's a Small World with my daughter, that was a real highlight. And I've done it a million times before, but it was still so sweet and she was just, excited to be there her skipping to the line that was a highlight for me that was a that was a great mom moment and just a great disney moment oh another highlight that we didn't talk about that did make me cry i cried only once and it was right here i was not expecting it it was when we were walking out of disneyland on our first day and we happened to hit the marching band going by and they had mickey and minnie leading the charge and i was like oh i the marching band i kind of never have really listened to the marching band and it was just like overwhelming to see them they were doing a little dance while they were marching and playing their instruments and then mickey and minnie were just right there i got a little emotional there so that was another highlight for me i think low well, like, I don't really think I had one. It was all great. I think maybe I was a little disappointed with Avengers Campus, but Avengers Campus itself was still really fun. I just was hoping it was going to be a little bit more exciting. Okay, right? Uh, I'll, I'll go next. Okay. Uh, I mean, well, first of all, highlights, honorable mention, just since we were talking about Blue Bayou and ambiance and all that, I just, there was one moment where, where Ray leaned over to me and she asked, are, are we inside or outside right now? <laughs> and I was kind of explaining to you, I was like, well, we're inside, but it looks like the night sky. And it was just so funny because I was trying to, you know, explain it to her. And, you know, tell her this is like, you know, it's meant to look like we're outside at night. And she, I could just tell like the gears were turning. She just could not wrap her head around it. It's so <laughs> adorable. Uh, that was fun. But I, I think speaking of Ray, one of my highlights, and I think you guys maybe mentioned this on your on your mini sode last week was, uh, you know, all this girl's been talking about for the last 
really two years is riding the jellyfish. And so, you know, getting to, you know, finally get on that with her for the first time. And, and, you know, when I, truthfully, I was wondering if she was actually going to be like kind of petrified once the time actually came. And no, she was not. She was just, you know, <laughs> her little mind was, was getting blown. And, uh, yeah, it was just so fun to, you know, finally be there and see that happen after so long anticipating it. Uh, so, I mean, I'm, there were many, many, many highlights, but that that's the one that immediately jumps to mind. Lowlights. And I can't say this didn't cross my mind a few times, but every time it did, the following thought would always be like, oh, I couldn't eat another bite right now if I wanted to. But that we never did go to the turkey leg cart. Oh. You stole mine. Oh, that was going to be mine. <laughs> Because I was with you, I, you know, honestly, the whole time I'm like, we're going to make this happen because truthfully, I've had one bite of one of those turkey legs in my life and I loved it. <laughs> A highlight for me was that everybody forgot about the whole turkey leg thing or they brought it up a couple times, but then they never followed through on it. And I sure as heck weren't reminding any of you guys. So a highlight for me is that I did not have to consume a turkey leg on this. Dana, trip. just wait. It's gonna come to you at the oh, least it's gonna expected happen. time. Like you're it's gonna come out of so far left field that all of a sudden there's gonna be a turkey leg in front of your face and you're you're just gonna have to deal with it. There could be multiple people involved in plotting this out. So you're just you never know. It could be me, it could be Ryan, it could be Sierra. It could be Kim. It could be Ray. We could have Ray involved. She could be making you eat a turkey leg. I'll eat a turkey leg when Kurt eats a turkey leg. (laughs) (laughs) What about a tofu leg? It might be worse. So therefore, (laughs) maybe I can't eat one. Oh, well. Wah, wah. All right, babe. Highlight. Uh, I I start with a low light and end on a high. Okay. Um, My low light was not getting to ride the Jungle Cruise because it was closed. And um, my highlight, I mean, just getting to be there with our son for the first time, I think. And, you know, I ended up being, for some reason, like I was doing a lot of the feeds that day, like the bottle feeds when, like, you know, people were doing rides and stuff. And so there was just so many great moments where you have to kind of, like, surrender to the rhythm of having a baby at Disneyland but that means that you kind of step back a little bit and like I just got to sort of sit on benches and feed him and watch other people at Disneyland and I think that's really magic is to sort of see um everyone else and like you know people watch at Disneyland is a very cool opportunity so yeah just getting to be there with him and and see his little face on it's a small world and not know whether it was pleasure or terror you know (laughs) his eyes were wide (laughs) maybe bugging out Bugging out on that ride. Sensory overload. Um, All right. So my highlight, I will start with highlight, uh, would be taking Noah on Dumbo. We, we, you know, uh, Ryan, Kim and I and Ray all went over there while Dana and Kurt and Sierra were riding Rise of the Resistance. And we went over to Dumbo and carried Noah through that line. He he was a trooper. It was a long line. It was like 30 plus minutes or so in the line for it. And he was a complete trooper through it. He, you know, sped up all over me twice, I think, in the line. We just left the sped up on the ground. <laughs> Seen worse. Um, but 
so Kim hopped in with me and Noah in that Dumbo. And then it was amazing to see Kurt down there and like the smile on Kurt's face when we would like zoom by. And it was just it was really special. Like the entire trip, like being there with my little family was was really amazing. Like we had gone to touch at Disney or taste taste of Disney, touch of Disney. And this was different. This is being at one of our most favorite places on the planet together and bringing our son there for the first time and riding some rides with him. And it just really. And getting to be there with, with, you know, good friends who, who get Disney. Yeah. In the same, you guys were there. It's fine. But you know, in the same way that we do, like that's nice to be able to go with people who you don't have to be embarrassed about how much you love Disney with is, yeah. is a really cool thing. Um, and honestly, like the low light was having to leave and leave the bubble and get back on that airplane and come back to the bay and not be at Disney anymore. And really not knowing when our next trip is going to be right now. So kind of it sucks. It always sucks having to leave the bubble. You know, it's like Disney World. You talk about getting spat out of the bubble when you get thrown back on the freeway and go to the airport and here, you know, leaving Anaheim and coming back. So but. Look, we had a great time. It was so much fun. We have so much more to talk about it. I'm sure that things will just randomly pop up as they do. Absolutely, they will. Well, good. Well, guys, I had so much fun with you, and I can't wait for us all to go back again one of these days soon. Hopefully soon. Next weekend, right? No? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Tomorrow. (laughs) Well, look, uh, Ryan, babe, thank you for humoring us and uh, joining our little chatting get what i don't even know what to call it like our little we babble for an hour and hope people listen yeah thanks for babbling with us yeah well thanks for having us i I gotta say when this thing first started i'm like oh i've never i've never been on the inside of this this is so this is so jarring but now it's been a lot of fun yeah our unpaid (laughs) intern over here gets to be on the other side of the mic i'll start editing right now it has to be said ryan (laughs) as the unpaid intern you are doing an awesome job the intro music is like just off the hook and really works perfectly so you deserve a lot of uh credit i'm just happy to help yes we might pay you a dollar each one of each of these ryan i will buy you a uh marshmallow stout next time we're at disneyland as payment for <laughs> you your services rendered <laughs> all right well thanks everybody for listening uh we will be back soon in another week we've got some interviews lined up um some more games more dana and adam just babbling all along for all eight of you listening so uh have a great week bye everyone bye.